This is Pucks and Bolts with Casey Hudson. Third and final takeaway, if I haven't alluded to it already, is D-Zone and pairing sparks. After Sunday's loss to the New Jersey Devils, and leave it to Coach Cooper so kindly to say, hey, 82 games in a season, you cannot win them all. Whilst that is true, um, it's it's the fact that some people are still wanting to hit the panic button. As I mentioned, when they get back off the road, they return home and play on March 30th. After that, they have seven games left in the season. Playoffs start on April 3rd, I mean April 17th, excuse me. So knowing that the timeline and playoffs are really starting to rev up here, you can't continue to have these games where you're like, you can't win them all. This was a winnable game for the Tampa Bay Lightning, but the second period slump hit them, and then they just started beating themselves. Turnovers were tremendous, and as I mentioned, that starts in the D zone. Um, Their most successful games are obviously where they take control in the D zone and work their way up, setting guys up, not overpassing, executing, getting shots on goal. They've got two new additions that help rev up those shots on goal percentage, especially Mikey Acemont, you guys know, Big fan of his style of play, but the turnovers, I mean, we've seen some gnarly turnovers from Mikhail Sergachev. We've seen some from Perbix. We've seen some from each of these guys, and Coach Cooper said it himself. We're still kind of trying to find that spark. Um, we talk about the blender a lot here on Pucks and Bolts, and while the lines have been changed up a lot in the last two weeks, the deep pairings have changed up quite a bit. There's been healthy scratches from guys you would not even anticipate. For instance, Nick Perbix hasn't played all weekend long uh, to the point where fans were asking, is he injured? Is he hurt? Is something going on? No. Coach Cooper is just trying to see what sparks are going to really create uh, a dynamic, really help tilt the ice and really help create that simple structure that they try to stay within for three periods. So um, Perbix has been a healthy scratch. Pat Maroon's been a healthy scratch as of late in a couple of games. And then we know that they're trying to work in Radish. Uh, that they pulled in from the Syracuse Crunch, seeing where his game is. Now, this makes sense to me because obviously they're going to try to get him the NHL reps and clearly see how he can help this team because they didn't pick up a defenseman at the trade deadline like everyone anticipated that they would. So their biggest factor right now is trying to figure out what works and they're almost running out of time. Coach Cooper's not hitting the panic button per usual. This team doesn't seem panicked. This locker room seems to still be so confident as to what they can do and how they can produce. And look, they've at least competed against the top teams in the league. Last time they faced off with the Boston Bruins, they pulled off an amazing W and they see them one more time before they return home. So I understand why Coach Cooper and the players are not alarmed. But if they go into this, having those slumps, having those turnovers, uh, looking sloppy in the D zone and not being able to handle odd man rushes, then they're going to put themselves in a Really, really unfortunate position to uh, bail out of playoffs quick and early there. So Hedman stepping up and getting in, in, in Hedman form at the right time is very helpful. We know typically the younger or newer defensemen pair off with him. Although I loved what I saw out of him and Bogosian um, matched up this season. I think some of the best games they had, Victor Hedman and Zach Bogosian were paired up. Uh, Cole, Ian Cole and Eric Chernak have been a pretty solid duo. I know some fans have been concerned about Ian Cole's style of play and uh, how he defends, but if Chernak's healthy and Ian Cole and is paired off with him, I think I've seen more good than bad out of this pairing. And then Sergachev and Radish was the pairing this weekend, obviously, with Nick Perbix out. Loved Nick Perbix and Sergachev together. You hear that Nick Perbix has mentioned um, how much Mikhail Sergachev has helped his game, how much he teaches him. And look, Somebody asked me earlier today, do I think that Sergi has is in a slump? Do I think that Sergi 
is not playing up to his full potential. I don't think that's the case. I think because Coach Cooper is still looking for that spark, I think because of all the shuffling around, his workload has changed game by game. His pairing has changed week by week. So sometimes it's an adjustment period. The biggest mistake that Mikhail Sergachev has made has had some, again, gnarly turnovers in the D zone. But outside of that, I mean, I think he's been pretty spectacular this season, honestly. And you know how much this team trusts him. If he's your go-to guy, to fill in for Victor Hedman. And even when Hedman came back, they still kept swapping him in um, Sergachev on that top power play unit and some other positions in which Victor Hedman's your go-to leader and your go-to guy. So I think that speaks volumes. I don't think there's anything to worry about. I think Mikhail Sergachev is probably going to be another guy that takes off and makes a big stride come playoffs. So takeaway number three, heading into cherry pickers from the weekend, probably Gave away some of my top choices. I don't think, even though I already gave him a cherry picker last week, there's just no, I, I think it's almost like illegal to not mention Brandon Hagel. He's just crushing it right now. Um, apparently, too, the Montreal Canadiens are a team that he's hot against. So we should expect another dynamic performance out of Brandon Hagel tonight as they face off with the Montreal Canadiens. Um, but another one that I'm going to say is. I got to go with killer Alex Gorn and Brandon Hagel. My top two playoff mode guys are going to be my cherry pickers from the weekend. Um, again, they're just, they're crushing it for this team and we're starting to see them just level up. And that's exactly what you want to see out of guys that bring so much energy and let alone swag. I mean, let's just talk about the swag element that Brandon Hagel brings to the game. And I think it's infectious. He's starting to step into his own. He's such a young guy. So imagine what he's going to be character wise to this locker room in another year or two. And uh, Nick Paul, we're waiting for you to, to win another goal here soon, bud. So those are my cherry pickers from the weekend. And as I mentioned, coming up next is another rematch with the Montreal Canadiens or Marty St. Louis Canadiens. Uh, the Moose was loose on Saturday versus the Canadiens and Vassy played Sunday. So I wouldn't be surprised if Brian Elliott is back between the pipes tonight. Um, just to put it into perspective, the Bolts outshot Montreal 41 to 21. It was an extremely low penalized game. There was only four power plays between both teams and Tampa Bay Lightning had 19 takeaways. Again, the slump in the second period almost allowed Montreal to get back into this, but that's going to be on their goal board to make sure it doesn't happen. Uh, Coach Cooper is a lot of confidence in this team to not make the same mistake twice or three times. So after a bit of a slumpy weekend, I would expect this team to play three solid periods of hockey. This is a team that they can do that with. This is also a team where they can kind of play with the lines a little bit more and really see where certain sparks pick up. Now, something to keep in mind is that Montreal's best scoring period is in the third, even though they put up the most shots in the first. So they can kind of match pace with the Lightning in that aspect, seeing as how the Bolts have stronger first and third periods. Um, most goals of the season for Montreal being 74, and that all comes in the third period. 91 for the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, shots in the first period, as I mentioned, for Montreal, 663. That's 755 for the Tampa Bay Lightning. So they can come into this being fully in control and kind of starting to weed through those pairings that they need to figure out, um, play with some different lines, play with some different movement. They have an opportunity here to get creative and still pull off a win. They have a chance to pick up. I think they have four games on the road. So eight points for them to return home with potentially in reach and Montreal is a good place to start racking up those points. So once again, guys, always 
follow us over at Pucks and Bolts. Let us know your thoughts on the takeaways and what your takeaways are. And if you're hitting the panic button yet for the Tampa Bay Lightning team, or if you trust this team to pick up and turn things around at the right time. And as always, thank you for joining us here at Pucks and Bolts, and we'll catch you next time.